Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and welcome to our live weekly medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is with us again to tell you what you need to know about how early screening and knowing your profile can lead to the avoidance of heart attack and stroke altogether. Pre-screening and simple non-invasive tests can actually prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, so this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back, all of you listeners, to our live weekly medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are back again tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome. We're always happy to have you here, happy to know what the updates are. What's the news? Well, we're always happy to talk about prevention and heart attack and stroke prevention, but I think it's always important to talk more about what the government is doing about these COVID vaccines because they are now moving more and more to where they're going to be part of the regular childhood vaccine program. Is that definitive or is that just still out there, still debating it, still talking about it, still caught up in committee? Well, it's a process and there's nothing stopping that process from happening. Well, what would stop it? Nothing, because the FDA is full go, the CDC is full go, the, you know, the Pediatricians are full go because they get paid to administer vaccines. The pharma companies full go. All the paid for doctors on these committees are all go. Nothing's stopping it. And so I think it's very important for the listeners to hear that if they have children or grandchildren, they should be fighting against giving their children this COVID vaccine, even if it's part becomes part of the standard vaccination protocol because children, and I'm going to extend the concept of children to 25 and under, do not really get sick from COVID. They don't get hospitalized for COVID. They don't die from COVID. So there is no emergency to vaccinate this group of people, yet it's 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 just a, a, a rubber stamp approval to be approved. Okay, is this I, something that's being that's being ahead, required Siobhan. for admission to school or to certain things? Like, is it already part of the system where they're going to be forced in some way in order to get into a camp or school? Right now, it depends on the camp and the school. But if it becomes part of the vaccine process, then it's an issue. So, you know, we have friends that are against vaccinations in general, and they fight this every year, getting their kid into school, getting their kid into camp. And um, now... This isn't just, a, I'm an anti-vaxxer, I don't want any vaccines. All Americans should be fighting this government and FDA mandate 
to include these COVID vaccines because the vaccine does not work on the current strain of COVID. And there's evidence that's in the public domain that they cause harm. Okay, now it's my turn to talk. So, Dr. I know we have a caller, and I I know we're going to get to the caller, but Dr. Collender, I I hardly think you're an anti-vaxxer. You yourself got both the Pfizer vaccines. I wouldn't have done it now. Doesn't matter. It was a much more serious disease at that time. things have changed. I agree. I was talking about now. Now I I, I agree, and I totally agree with what you're saying. Is like COVID has somehow sort of gone out to sea. And you as a primary care physician know that if anybody gets it right now, it's almost un- undiagnosable because the symptoms are so it's, slight. It's not out to sea when the government is mandating treatments for everybody for a condition that has no clinical relevance. That's not out to sea. No, but the, I, I agree. What I'm, what I'm talking about is this: is the repercussions of catching COVID right now are not even nearly then what they why were. Why mandate a vaccine? I agree. It's so totally the, wrong. Right. So, we're the listeners need to understand that they should not let their children get vaccinated. Okay, I have, this a, I have a question. I know you're not a pediatrician, but let me ask you this question. Getting into school, as we all have children, we all have children that are going to school and they have to sign this little green card that you've you've had this test, uh, you've had this vaccine and that one, the MMR and polio and I don't know what else. Are those other vaccines necessary, the ones that the kids are mandated to get to get into school? In my opinion, some are and some are not. You know, so what is, you know, the polio vaccine should be administered. But polio is gone. Because there's been an effective vaccine campaign. Um, MMR is useful. Um, Tetanus, diphtheria, pertussis is useful. Um, I do not believe we need to be vaccinating young, healthy children for pneumonia. You know, we don't need to be vaccinating healthy children from hepatitis B, which is a blood transmission because some kids might become drug abusers. So we're going to vaccinate a population because some may become a drug abuser. You know, so there are a lot of vaccines. Do we really need to vaccinate kids against shingles? I mean, not shingles, but for uh, chicken pox. Mm-hmm. It's a harmless, it's a harmless condition. You, you get a virus, you're out of school for a couple of days. Do we really need to vaccine those children? Um, so you know, no, not all of the vaccines are necessary. Some are, but not all. And we've come to the place with the FDA, whereas if I can give it, let's give it. Well, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And now it's turning out that there's harm because you think you can. And so unfortunately, the FDA has become an utter fiasco and a joke. And I'm going to talk about another FDA anecdote that I learned today um, about asthma. All right, let's come back and talk about all this very newsworthy. And I know we've got calls waiting. We'll come back on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800 859 
Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special weekly medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. After 20 years in practice and watching patients die prematurely and unnecessarily, He's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. And we have Siobhan, who's, who's on the line waiting to call. Who are our callers? We have Greg and Shelby on the line. Thanks for holding over the break. Greg, what's your question? Oh, God, Dr. Collender, I love the way you go against the grain. Mr. Positive. Hey, people come up to me and ask me, they're afraid to call you. They want to know what the impetus for you to become a doctor. What was your motivation? Why did you become a doctor? You're fantastic. Well, thank you. Well, the reality of Amory's raising. I'm like, that's brilliant. I mean, that's really, that's absolutely true. It's like amazing that you're doing what you're doing because you're totally going against the grain. But that's not why I became a doctor. No, I understand. Well, Go ahead. Greg, you'll be surprised to know that I was brainwashed at five years old to become a doctor, and I had no choice in the matter. Uh, That at an early age, my grandmother and my parents, you know, drilled through my subconscious that I had no choice but to become, this was all I was ever going to do, whether I wanted it or not. So that's it. There was no like, oh, I want to do better for people. There was none of that um, empathy or altruism. It was strictly... I was brainwashed at a very young age. But the thing is, but it's clear I, now that you that there is there is some sort of altruism or empathy because I mean you care about prevention, which not a lot of doctors do, and you have taken real risks to to pursue that that avenue to help people. Well, now that I'm like, and again, we talk we talk about this. We've talked about this that I've gone through therapy. I've done a I did a couple years of analysis, which was not enough, but it was enough to um, kind of break through. You know, remove the restrictor plate and allowed me to expand what I was doing. Um, you know, the reason I went into concierge was I wanted to be the best doctor I could be, but I also saw that I, the, I would not be able to maintain my practice. I, just, I didn't want to be told what to do. You know, I didn't want some company. I knew that I wouldn't be able to maintain it, and I'd have to join some company, and I'd lose all autonomy, and I didn't want to be an employee. But what I did, what I realized is when I had that time and the ability to get outside the system, I, I realized, oh, let me see what I can do with this. You know, I remember to literally saying, let me take this for a ride, see what happens. And, mm-hmm. you know, here we are, we're still taking a ride. Uh, but I became, an, I, I don't have a good, became a doctor story. I just was brainwashed as an infant. Well, regardless of how you were brainwashed and you were in, you know, general internal medicine practice for 20 years, I, you know, you've told me before the turning point was when Blue Cross introduced this program, and I always forget the name is patient-centered. What is medical that? home? Medical home, which is a ridiculous practice, but everybody was buying into it, and I thought it's at the still time a, now it's a now it's a counterpiece of of uh, of the whole insurance system. I understand, but when I first heard about this and these large practices were buying into it, I thought, wait a minute, there's something corrupt about this because what they were doing was encouraging the primary care to hold the patient in and not bump them up to 
uh, specialist. Am, am I understanding it correctly? Well, I saw it as a system of control Total by, says, well, that's by Blue the Cross. insurance company yeah, sure. to control everything. And, and they were making the PCPs do all, you know, I, we said it during the, one of the breaks. Primary care doctors are now glorified data entry people, you know, and that's their job is to, is they're being paid by insurance companies to data entry your health care mm-hmm. so that they can manage you. And that's it. And um, I hate to say it, docs, that's what you're doing. You're, you're oh, glorified these, data entry people. Yeah, these large practices are coming in with their laptops and sitting down looking at their laptops. They're not looking at you. And, and I mean, it's just kind of amazing because and they, they're looking at their watch and you got five minutes to say, why are you here today? And you have to qualify to be here today and you have to wait for an appointment. And God forbid, if you get bumped up to a specialist, you're looking at waiting a minimum of maybe three or four weeks. Well, guess what? My situation might be serious. I can't wait three or four weeks. But, you know, good for you. Kudos to you. Well, you dropped you. it. You dropped it. And even although we argue all the time on the radio show, I still take my hat off to you because good for you that you saw another way and your way is patient-centered. No, it's not. Yes, well, it is. I mean, it's, not, it's not the patient-centered medical home, but it's patient-centric. No, but it's patient-centric. Right. Yes. It absolutely is. And do we have another caller, Siobhan? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead, no, that's all right. So we have we have David and Windsor on the line now. David, what's your question? Yes, good morning or good evening. One of the things that you made a comment about in uh, getting p- kids and people vaccinated uh, in terms of the COVID, I think that it would be, un- I think that a healthy child, as say, left up to about the age of 30, they do not need to be vaccinated for anything, especially when it comes to going to school. And then just because you're harming that child more than you are helping that child. And not only that, for any age, first of all, you should talk about it with your doctor. And as if you become an adult, you should be the one to decide what would be best to figure out, to make your own mind up as to whether you want to get the vaccine or whether you do not wish to get the vaccine. Another thing on that. People as adults should be able to make their own decisions as to what they choose to do in terms of conquering that, conquering viruses, because there are therapeutics that can help out. Well, I agree with you in part, David. So, you know, again, I'm not a pediatrician, and I think that some vaccines are probably okay, but um, informed consent is very important. Um and you ought to know what the risks of any drug is so that you have a, a decision to make, you know, of what whether you should take it, what the benefits are versus what the side effects are. And for COVID, that's been ignored completely and continues to be ignored at every level. And so why I keep talking about this on every show is the listeners need to not pay any attention to what they hear from the FDA or the CDC. And more importantly, doctors listening to the show need to recognize that they should not be listening to the FDA advisory recommendations or the CDC anymore. They become completely politicized. And so we need to think for ourselves. We need to get the information that's been canceled and continues to get canceled about what's really happening with these vaccines. Um, they're just not needed anymore. They were on day one because we had no tools, but also we did have tools. We had ivermectin. Yeah. We had hydroxychloroquine. 
Um, you know, there's a lawsuit now. Um, there's a, a, a firm in D.C. representing some doctors, I think from Texas, who were fired from their positions because they were prescribing ivermectin. And the, the, this firm is suing the FDA for not letting these doctors prescribe ivermectin when it's within every doctor's right to prescribe any FDA-approved drug that they want for any reason that they want. And the FDA went on an active campaign against ivermectin. Um, you what know, was the reason? I mean, this all sounds like third-world country stuff. What, what, what was the reason? Money. The oh, FDA is now a is a is a stooge is a proxy for pharma. They always have been. All right, we're missing. So, a drug rep comes into my office today, you know, who's who's you, who has an emphysema inhaler, and I and I asked her, you know, who's dying from asthma? You know, like I've never had anyone in my practice have a problem bad enough that they even had to go to the hospital for asthma. Who's dying in this country from asthma? Because it's like a real problem. The data that they're showing me is reduction hospitalizations from asthma, reductions in death from asthma. I'm like, who is happening? And what I learned is that the reason people in this country die from asthma is the FDA. And we'll talk about that more next segment, is why the FDA is killing people because they're restricting asthma medicines to every American in this country. And some of the medications are also very costly. Right now, we've got to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to avoid heart attack and stroke or have a question on any of the subjects discussed, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly show Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7 we're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. We're coming back. Siobhan, you have a caller on hold waiting. We do. We have Lynn on the line in Tecumseh. Lynn, what's your question? Um, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you, doctor, so much for bringing out the truth on um, the vaccine and that it's not all sunshine and roses. Um, I was a healthy 42-year-old, and basically after I got the vaccine, I've been in and out of emergency rooms. Um, they kept thinking I was, I was having so much chest pain that I was having a heart attack. Um, for the last year now, I've been going through all the wrong tests. They say it's all in my head but I have such terrible migraines. I can't, I can't focus. Um, my periods have become just, you know, um, unbearable. Um, I have pains all over my body. Um, my primary care physician just doesn't know what to do with me. Um, I've had CT scans, blood work, MRIs, <laughs> mammograms, PAPs, 
um, and all of them turn out normal. Um, so I've been made to feel like that crazy patient. <laughs> Have you heard of other patients suffering all of these crazy side effects um, after getting their COVID-19 vaccine? Because it seems that's when this started. And one of my nurses that was taking care of me at one of the tests actually came out to me and said, you know what? It seems like you're having an inflammatory response to the COVID-19 vaccine that you received. But well, not a I'm lot of practitioners will say that. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm sorry, Lynn, you're going through all this. It's horrible. Um, I mean, I, you know, I have a small practice. So I don't see a lot of these things. And, um, but it's documented. You know, the FDA was required by law to release the data from the Pfizer study. And so originally the FDA didn't want to release this information. You know, why the FDA would want to hide medical data for 75 years? Well, you know the reason why? It's because there are side effects to the vaccine that they didn't tell people. And maybe if they would have told people, and they knew this in early 2021, you know, right in the beginning of the vaccine, we talked about this, and we talked also, Anne-Marie, that where's the next batch of data? Because they're not releasing it. Even though they've been court-ordered, the FDA's been court-ordered to release the vaccine study results, they stopped. Um, in just three months, 1,200 deaths and tens of thousands of neurological adverse events. And that sounds what like Lynn's going through. And if anyone knew that that was the choice that they were making, oh, I can take this vaccine for a virus that doesn't really need a vaccine and the risk of the, I could die or have a life-altering side effect, I don't think anyone would get a booster. And so we really don't know the rate of complications, and we don't know the because they're not being reported. So here's Lynn, goes to her PCP, comes away with the feeling that she's crazy, she goes to a, another doctor, and somewhere a random nurse tells her she's got, you know, she had a vaccine injury. Now what? This isn't being reported. This isn't being documented. She's, you know, if she chooses, she could put it on the VAERS, um, you know, uh, data set, which is, you know, again, most people consider it fraudulent, but it's, I don't mean fraudulent. The system does. I don't. This is what people wrote down when they had problems with the vaccine. Well, here's what I take from that call. I mean, I'm, I understand that she unfortunately had adverse side effects to the vaccine. And maybe there's a lot of stuff that isn't being revealed by, by the government, by the FDA, by, you know, sources that we can't do anything about. But here's what I think is wrong with this picture. Everybody needs to have a doctor like you who, if they get into trouble, can help them get somewhat out of the trouble. And I'm just going to, you know, come back a while in, in history of us doing this radio show. You had hundreds of people that got COVID. None of them died. None of them went to the hospital. You treated them with their various Molotov cocktails. You called them at night. You saw them in the evening. You were in touch with them. You said over and over and over again, when you start getting symptoms, call me. I'm going to be on top of the symptoms this is what is missing in this country and maybe all over, I don't know, is having a doctor that is going to shepherd you through 
whether it's the after effects uh, or side effects from a vaccine or the disease itself, none of your patients went to the hospital. None of them died. Here's what I see as the problem. They just, you'd like take you and Xerox copy you. I mean, there's just like not enough doctors like you. I mean, that's a problem and that's not a compliment. It's a problem. It is a serious problem. My daughter would say that's a problem. too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it really is because I feel sorry for people. Okay, I understand. She's obviously in distress and it's horrifying going around and being told that you have a psychiatric problem. You're imagining it just because they can't diagnose it or because they can't treat it. It's an after effect and there, there are bound to be adverse reactions to medic, not, not just to vaccines, but to medications and I better not keep talking about this, but they all need a doctor that can shepherd them through. Siobhan, you have a caller. Yeah, we have Carl on the line in Clawson. Carl, what's your question? Yes, hi. How are you doing tonight? Yeah. Good. Yeah, thanks for calling. Good, yeah. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Is the doctor listening in on this? The doctor's leading the show. He's right here. Yep. He's ready okay. to answer yep. your question. Okay. Um, Friday, I started feeling ill. Uh, Monday, I got tested uh, positive. Um, my doctor specifically ordered me uh, Paxlovid. Now, he said Paxlovid is a very good drug. It's fairly new on the market. Uh, he said up and down that if he came down with it, he would be on it in a in in a drop of a you know in a drop of a shoe. He'd be on it right away. And I'm on Paxlovid, um, and it seems to be holding its own. Uh, there's a lot of side effects I've noted with it, but I, I'm on it now, and um, I'd like to know the doctor's ideas about this. Well, thanks for calling. Um, I'm not treating anybody of my patients right now with anything for COVID because it's like a cold. So mm -hmm. in my opinion, whether or not you would have been on Paxlovid, you'd probably have the same outcome, which is full recovery relatively quickly. And even if you have a little ups and downs, well, you had a, you had a virus that you've got to uh, get through. But in general, in my career, I would not prescribe a brand new drug that's new to market, that's novel right away. I would wait. And so just, I don't need my patients to be the guinea pigs because sometimes the FDA lets things through that they shouldn't. And I don't want, uh, let's, if it's a good drug, it'll be a good drug in a year. So here's the same thing. Here's a brand new drug. It's novel. We have no real efficacy guideline. We have no safety guideline, but go ahead and take it because it's here. So no, I'm not recommending Paclovid. I've had some patients demand it and I advise against it and I fill it anyway. And they mostly come back and go, you were right. I probably shouldn't have taken it. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm supporting my patients, as Amory says. I talk to them while they're going through COVID. In fact, I just had a 90-plus-year-old gentleman with a full-time caregiver who needs to be, you know, who doesn't really ambulate, leave the hospital after he did go to the hospital. No treatment. Yeah. And so you're you're still on top of his care. That's yeah. the most important thing. Okay, we've got to take a quick break. In the meantime, you're listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subjects we're discussing and you would like to hear from the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957.
Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Listeners are listening. That's good. Welcome back to the final segment of our special live weekly broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, this is our final segment. What is it that you want the listeners to know? There's so much to know. Right. There really is. It's overwhelming. But, you know, the the message today is, unfortunately, we could never trust and and more so than ever cannot trust the FDA to make decisions on our behalf. You know, so I want to tell this anecdote that I heard today about albuterol, which is the inhaler to treat asthma events. So people that get asthma, they use an albuterol inhaler. It's a it dilates the bronchioles and the airways so that you can breathe during asthma. So during the, um, you know, the Clean Air Act, the, the, the fluorocarbon in propellants and inhalers were taken off the market. And this is as albuterol and some other inhalers were generic. So the pharma companies created, you know, different propellants for the medicine that were not fluorocarbons. Um, and in doing so, the FDA reestablished their branded status, like gave them a new patent because they had to reinvent their product um, because of the Clean Air Act. Now, did the FDA have to do that? No. That's a choice that they made. But because they made that choice to benefit the pharmaceutical company, there is no generic available for a mainstay treatment for asthma, which kills people. Nothing. And you've got to ask yourself, among many things that you've got to ask yourself about the FDA, what is this agency trying to do? Who are they trying to help? They left no alternative for Americans who can't afford a branded drug. And frankly, nobody can afford branded inhalers. So branded means... Yeah, the copay is very expensive. It's, it's unaffordable. It's hundreds of dollars for an inhaler. And what if you need an inhaler every month? It's really... Um, I mean, what is the, their purpose if they're not letting Americans get a drug that's been around forever. And they've done this before. There's, there's many examples where they've rebranded drugs that have been around forever to the benefit of the pharmaceutical company and to the detriment of Americans and chronic disease. Mm-hmm. So what does this have to do with prevention? You know, which is where our wheelhouse is. The whole system relies on the FDA which is inherently now corrupt. And they're there to, to feed on your illness. And prevention is not covered because it's not endorsed by 
the legacy share stakeholders in our healthcare system. It's not endorsed by pharma. It's not endorsed by hospitals. It's not endorsed by the FDA. Um, and that's why getting a proper preventive program is very difficult. It's not, it's not endorsed by anybody. I mean, that's probably the most pathetic situation in this country. It's really, it's, it's almost unbelievable. But I, but I still come back to the average listener, the average patient, and I say they all, it's incumbent upon them to listen to our Sunday show. It's all about all the tests that you need to get. It's a very informative show this, this coming Sunday, but I know that's at three o'clock in the afternoon. But I think that, you know, it all comes down to the average person doesn't really have any choice but to try to find a practice like yours or a doctor like you who's going to shepherd them through the process you know, make sure that they get the medications that they need, the, the tests that they need, the treatments that they need. And that's like finding a needle in a haystack. It shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. But it is. But unfortunately, the, my colleagues out there are just not, I'm not sure what word to use, but, you know, it it does take a little bit of courage to leave a career that you know and go to a career that you don't know. Well, it's the same career. It's just a different way of navigating through right. it, basically. But we're no longer giving out free passes right. because people are dying, and they're dying on your watch, right? And they with conditions that don't don't need you to die from, and it's just because everybody's following the faulty system that doesn't allow prevention to occur. I mean, it's kind of always amazing to me, even amongst my own friends and colleagues, that when I listen to them talking about waiting in lines, sitting in waiting rooms, trying to get an appointment and going to see their primary care physician if they have one and knowing that they got four minutes to talk fast, get in, get out, and you better have a reason to come in right now. It's gotten to be so ridiculous that it's amazing that they put up with it. And I know that we don't have a lot of people that have your type of practice, but I mean, the average listener should be checking it out and, you know, trying to get themselves into this type of practice. Well, if the demand, you know, we've, we've said, you know, money fills a space and uh, there needs to be more demand in Michigan there in, in the, in the Midwest, in other States, uh, there are more doctors providing, and I don't want to use the word alternative care because it sounds experimental, but uh, they're using methods that lead to prevention. Um, and so every doctor has their own style for delivering the care, but at the end of the day, they're using the markers that identify risk, they're doing the imaging that identifies risk, and they're putting patients on a personalized program to lead them down the right path. Well, everybody needs to be in a personalized program. I mean, that's what, you know, your type of practice is all about, a concierge practice, because it's not only, you're not only a specialist in prevention, but you're also shepherding them through whatever, you know, adverse effects they have to vaccines, um, illnesses, whatever. I mean, somebody's got to be able to hold your hand and it can't be nine to five on Monday through Friday. No. And, uh, you know, I think the access is a big piece and being able to call me whenever you need to um, helps people with everything. You know, it just, uh, the key, and I always tell my patients, I don't want to hear that you've had a problem for a week. 
Right. I want to hear that you had a problem today. Right. You know, I may tell you, well, sit on it, but at least I know you've got it. Right. And I exactly. told you what to do, but I don't want you to come to me so sick that I've got to put you in the hospital. Right. Because you didn't call me a week ago. And you waited until it developed into that's, something that's much not, more severe. Right. It's not allowed in my practice. And that's why with you, you always preached to all of the listeners and all of your patients. First day, first symptom with COVID, I want to hear from you right away because that's when we're going to start the treatment to knock it out and be done with it. It's very important. I'll give you the last word. Well, early treatment is always the key, whether it's with COVID or whether it's with heart disease. you got to identify the condition that you're treating in a preclinical state, meaning before you have symptoms. We cannot assume you're okay because you feel good. You've got to identify your risk and take a plan to put it together and, and follow the data that measures what you need to do. And again, that also comes down to access, being able to reach the doctor immediately when symptoms start. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with the practice that provides the access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. And thanks to my co-host, Siobhan Cronin, for taking the calls and always piping in with her opinions. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7, for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.